Hello and welcome to the Blogging Fringe podcast. I'm your host for today, Ryan Price. This is episode 11 in our 2015 coverage of the Orlando Fringe Festival. And today we have another out-of-town artist. Joining us from New York is Amanda Nicastro. Welcome to the show. Hi. So Amanda, you're bringing a show to the festival this year called I'm Just Kidneying. And uh, try to spell that one if you just heard it out loud. But uh, you want to tell us a little bit about the show? Sure. Um, Well, I donated a kidney for my sister um, last summer. And I started noticing just, I mean, I had to carry my own urine on the subway to the lab course. So it was just a lot of funny things and making fun of myself. So I decided to write a show about it. Um, And then after I got back home, uh, I was kind of... um, people's reactions, uh, you know, just commenting that they were just so amazed, obviously, and, you know, you're a hero, and it's like, I never thought of it that way, you know, it's my sister, so uh, I that is included in the show as well. I debunk the myth of, of it being a heroic act, I s- assume. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's like, I totally, I totally am like, nope, this is, I'm not really a hero, and this is why. <laughs> Great. And uh, I think this is your first time coming to Orlando, right? Yes, it is. And uh, just to get the, the all the formalities out of the way, you're going to be in the purple venue, which uh, I think is really great for those one-person shows. And, you know, it's a very nice, small, intimate venue. So uh, if anybody's looking for your show, they can find it there. So donating a kidney. So what possesses a person to write a one-person show in the first place, right? you know, very personal life story thing. Like some people we've had on, they said, oh, I I had a class and then this class was about writing works for yourself. So I wrote this show. Like, how did you come to write the show? Sure. Uh, I know Peter Michael Marino, who Mm. is another fringe artist. Um, He is doing the show Late with Lance. Uh, He's amazing. And he runs a festival here in New York called Solocom. Uh, It is a solo show focusing mostly on comedy here. And I've never done a solo show before. Um, And I had just gotten back from recovering over the summer and submissions were being taken for solo com. And I thought to myself, let's try this. Let's tackle it. I've never done a show before, um, a solo show. Uh, I have a theater background. When I moved to New York, I started getting heavily involved in sketch comedy, improv, and that's kind of been the focus. I did not expect myself to fall into that niche, and I thought it was a good story. I did start journaling about funny things that were happening to me through the process, and I thought, you know, this is not just something that I think a lot of people would find out of the ordinary, but a good story. It has a beginning and an end to it. And then I also thought, you know, it's a great message. There are so many people in the world who are in in our country who are waiting for life-saving organs. And uh, I was appalled to find out that New York actually is is the last state with the with the is the state with the least number of people signed up as registered organ donors. We have the third highest need, but we have the fewest people who are registered. And I thought, you know, if I can do a funny show. Uh, where people are laughing about this thing that uh, is is somewhat dark subject matter, then maybe it'll start a conversation. When you talk about people needing an organ, usually it comes 
with the uncomfortable conversation of what's going to happen to my body after I'm dead. So you have you have a lot of hurdles to get to before you make that decision to save someone's life in the event that you're given that opportunity. So I thought, you know, let's let's take this story, let's take all these funny coincidences and happenings and put them together and create a thing that people can laugh about and talk about. Awesome. So you said uh, you do comedy. Unless I'm not reading your Facebook page correctly, you perform at the pit? I do. Do you yeah. want to tell people what the pit is if we're uneducated about New York? Sure. Um, the, the pit, it stands for the People's Improv Theater, and it is managed and run by Ali Farinakian. He used to be a writer on Saturday Night Live. He and the, the pit is run by the community that uh, performs there, pretty much. They have super free Wednesday night improv shows. They have super free Monday night improv shows. They've got house sketch teams. They've got house musical improv teams. So that's people making up uh, musicals on the spot, never written. They make them up. And I have taken all the levels of classes there. And when you finish the program, you can audition to be on a house team. Uh, I personally have an all-lady improv team. We're named Gilda. We, mm-hmm. we do runs of shows there quite frequently, but we also perform in other areas of the city. Yeah. So they have, and they've, they've started adding some more, um, we, we switched artistic directors recently. So they've had some switches in the content. They're adding more scripted material. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. They have, they've, because they've had a run, they've had several runs of several shows. They had a show called Kapali Gogo that was done recently. And, a, and another play called Women, which was basically like girls, and uh-huh. the, uh, but it was set in like eight, 1890s I think so um, it's a really cool place where people are trying out a lot of new material some of it scripted some of it improvised um, and I've really found a home there cool so I mean have you mostly just been at the pit like apparently there's like all these different places in New York you can go and they're all across the street (laughs) from each other or maybe they all used to be at one point uh yeah no there are other places I I my home base is the pit um, but I've also taken classes and performed at um, UCB and their location, UCB East. They are Upright Citizens Brigade is what that stands for. They're they're kind of like the huge monster of improv schools. And then you have the Magnet Theater. Um, there's Annoyance Theater just opened up in Brooklyn. And I have had, heard a lot of good things about them. I have not taken classes yet there. I intend to, but um, I've heard a lot of good things. And I think that's... I feel bad if I'm forgetting someone, but I don't think I am. I think that's the the top four. Yeah, I, I pay a lot of attention to the improv scene, so I, I just wanted to get a little, couple extra plugs yeah. for comedy in there. Yeah, and then you know, out west, um, most of the most of the comedy clubs or comedy schools have West Coast branches. I know UCB does, and I don't think the Pit does. But out there, you have the Groundlings. Um, yeah. They're pretty huge. And they also have a new school that a couple of my friends who've moved from New York to L.A. really, really like, uh, the Nerdist uh, School. Mm. I've heard really great things about them and their work and what they're doing over there. Yeah, I just associate them with like almost like a um, funny or die kind of a site where they just put up the funny videos. But I guess <laughs> it makes sense that they could open a school if they're you know, making lots of money and making online video. Let's, let's create new talent for that. Right. Who is, I think it's second city in Chicago. They have like their own video network now that you do Um, crazy amounts of stuff coming out of there. A lot. They all, I think everybody really does have their own online content. I know the pit has pit TV. 
that you can find via their website. And UCB also has online videos. They all, I think they all do that. They're create because honestly, I've noticed, I think a lot of my fellow performers have noticed that the internet is a great way to kind of be known and get your stuff out there. I think that's really how most people do it. They create videos and they upload them on, like you mentioned, Funny or Die, or they do web series. Um, and that's, I mean, you do live shows to kind of hone the material and to practice it, but it's like once you videotape it and you put it out there, uh, that's really the next step, I think. That's what we're moving towards in the this technical age. So do you get involved in that, putting putting up videos and writing sketches? I have. I have started. I have a writing partner, and uh, we have a, a run of a sketch show called Rotten Apple. It's a monthly show. We've started filming some of those sketches, uh, and we're going to start putting them up online. Great. If you want to give a plug, you're, maybe you'll be on your Facebook page or your personal website. People can check back in a couple months and see what you're up to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, check me out. Amanda Castro. Yeah. Uh, look me up on Facebook um, and my website, uh, amandandcastro.net. I'll be uploading them there. Uh, we have, I think we have a YouTube channel, Rotten Apple, on YouTube. Great. Uh, so I just realized I forgot to mention this part to you, but I ask everybody the same five sure. questions. Uh, I don't know if you listen to any of the other shows. We did have uh, your buddy Peter on the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was, I want to say he was the second Second show I did this year so far. Yeah, he was early in there. So um, everybody gets the same question. So hopefully this is part of the colorful thing and makes you want to listen past the first 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so so maybe for this show specifically, the I'm just kidneying. Is there one thing that you really need to pull this show off? Is there something that just makes this show live or die? Oh, man. you know, so, Something I need that I'm... Is there, is there like a tool? Is there, you know, some people have an abstract thing. Some people say like, I really need my blue jumpsuit. Oh, um, there, there's nothing physical that I need. I think to honestly, oh man, this is going to sound so mushy. Uh, (laughs) It's going to sound so mushy and so, uh, but honestly, it's honestly before each show, I think about my sister, um, uh, I just, I mean, that's, it's the driving force of the show is my relationship with my sister. Uh, uh, and I've had people come up to me after the show and, uh, they've said, you know, I really get an idea for what your relationship with your sister is like by watching the show. And you're the only person up there. Uh, she's not even on stage with you. And I thought, oh, that's great. Uh, so I just, if I can, really take a moment beforehand and, and think about her, then I think the whole thing just takes off. If your sister's in the audience, do you ever just like produce her at the end and be like, and here she is. And here's the scar. Like (laughs) she, uh, she lives in North Carolina. She lives uh, near my parents in Concord. So she actually has not seen the show yet because I've only done performances in New York and they haven't been here. Uh, But I do know my family is uh, making a trip down to Orlando. And I, I thought about doing that at a show they were at, but my sister is not nearly as, um, outgoing as I am. She likes to kind of, she's very, she's quiet. She doesn't like a lot of attention. She, (laughs) she hates attention. Uh, I talk a lot about the show, how I, I'm the kind of person who likes attention and, and she doesn't, um, so she, if I did that, oh my gosh, she would hate me 
Oh, she! If I brought her on stage and was like, "This is my sister," she would never forgive me. <laughs> well, I, you know, just now when you were talking about that, it, it reminds me that when you get a kidney donated, you actually now have an extra kidney, right? Is that how it works? Um, like, well, like they leave the bad one in. They do. Yes. Um. And yeah, that's a great. Thanks for bringing that up. Here, yes. You could, you could hug her and be like, here are all four of our kidneys <laughs> reunited. That's another interesting thing is she actually does not have my kidney. So she um, she had a, her first transplant about um, nine or ten years ago from my dad. She actually received a kidney from my dad. And the type of kidney disease that she has, which is called FSGS, focal segmental glomerular sclerosis, big, huge name, um, recurred. And so she needed another transplant. Um, and her and I are not blood type matches. Mm. And so I wasn't able to donate 10 years ago because they didn't have any, what they call pilot paired, pi- paired pilot programs. They do now. Um, basically over that span of time, somebody created a computer algorithm that was able to create more complex matches Um, so they plug everybody's information into the computer and the computer can create up to 15, 16 matches of different people. Um, so ours was just a four person swap. So we had us and actually a uh, married couple from Asheville, um, that we swapped. Uh, the wife has my kidney and my sister has the husband's kidney. Uh, and we got to meet them after surgery uh, about four weeks, I think afterwards, um, they all let us know that everybody was doing really well and they thought that uh, we would like to meet each other. They said they don't always encourage uh, donors and recipients in these paired matches to meet, but they thought that um, we all would benefit from that. So, uh, so yeah, we could. She actually, so she's got four herself, her two originals, one from my dad and one from hers. So if we, if we hugged, there would be uh, five kidneys between us. <laughs> so and actually the like so i mean just medical fact like when they they don't take the old kidneys out i've had a lot of people ask me that question they're like oh you know they take the old ones out i was like actually no they leave them in there and they actually shrivel up so she probably doesn't even have those anymore they the body kind of um uh uh, absorbs them i guess you could say (laughs) (laughs) this I, I'm 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 glad that you're describing all of this in such cold, stark detail because mm-hmm. it's it's giving my brain lots of things to think about. Like just <laughs> when you said that they don't want the people, you know, who have donated kidneys to each other to meet, I'm like, okay, that's that's definitely a sketch right there. Yeah. And then okay, we've got five kidneys, okay, the body's eating its other kidney, like I, I can see where this would be fertile ground. Yeah, there's a lot, yes. <laughs> so and actually, I've uh, I've been volunteering with um, Live on New York, which is um, an organization up here that manages the organ donor registry. Uh, they are formerly New York Organ Donor Network is was their former name, and uh, they, they've actually been talking to me about um, doing a comedy night. And uh, I actually met. He came to my show. Um, somebody I know who performs at the Pit, and he he I watched him do some stand up later that night at an open mic. Uh, and he actually uh, is a liver transplant recipient. He got a liver from his dad. Uh, he just had some funny stuff. And uh, I i mean, I was rolling uh, from that stuff. And I, 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 I contacted him, and he's going to do about five minutes of material before my next show here in New York. Um, I'm just, it, it makes me happy to bring 
people together with a topic that I think uh, a lot of people don't know how to approach. Uh, laughter is, is really good for that. Awesome. Question number two. Sure. Without this person or this inspiration, like, can you trace back what you're doing right now to one moment where you went like, okay, that was the moment when I felt like I know what I'm going to be doing for the next couple of years with, with performing. Yeah. So I'm doing something very different now than I originally imagined. Um, like I said before, but, uh, when I was in high school, um, this is also going to sound pretty, I feel like, formula for a lot of people, but I, you know, I didn't fit in with a lot of people. You know, I was kind of the outsider, and uh, I auditioned for the high school play, and I got in, uh, and I remember it was called Dirty Works in High Places. It was this uh, silly little melodrama, and I played Madame Presidente from Banana Land. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, this is the first... First play that I was ever in, first time I auditioned for anything, I wore a Chiquita banana costume, and uh, yeah, it was, I had a pair of maracas, it was great, and I guess I just felt like I finally had found something that um, I could do well, and that I could grow with, and that other like-minded people around me were working on the same thing. I had a, I had a community, and I could connect with people. Um, and I stuck with that, and I, I went to college for theater, and uh, I actually do look back on some things, and I think, why didn't I gravitate towards comedy sooner? Because yeah, I, I went to college thinking, I'm always going to be a serious, straight stage actor, and um, but, you know, the first show I was in was this silly melodrama, and then when I was involved in things in college, I would do stuff like... Uh, our own version of Saturday Night Live and would write sketches about people who stuck cats into the dorm. And uh, it, I look back and I think, oh, it was all really leading up to this moment for me to write comedy in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> so. Well, that's, that's a really good lead into my next question. Is there a place that you would like to perform or someone that you would really like to perform for? Oh gosh. That's, that's a big, um, well, honestly, I, so I, I've been doing a lot of my own writing and I lately have been daydreaming about writing for a show. I would love to write for the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt like that. Like mm. that's an ultimate, like, woo daydream there. I know some people do write for the show and I'm like, Oh, it'd be so cool. Um, I, you know, I mean, if we're just going to go for anything, like Tina Fey is my, I'd love her if I could, do anything ever with her so that answers your question <laughs> yeah. so i mean like are you in the mode now where you're like putting together a packet of stuff and sending it off to shows like i haven't sent it off anywhere but i am starting that's kind of was the the hope behind the the rotten apple show is i have uh and it's not all it's the rotten apple is themed around things that are kind of uh city life living in new york um it, I have other stuff, but yeah, I'm in that process where I'm starting to put together a packet. Yeah. I mean, even just like living in New York, do you, do you just come across like a film crew, you know, once a week and you go like, Oh yeah, there's filming girls and there they're filming whatever show. I mean, you do. Yeah. I don't always know what show they're filming, but yes, you do come across, uh, you'll, and honestly, when you live in, it's so funny when you live in New York, you're like, 
Ugh, it's a film crew. I have I have to cross to the other side of the street. Are you kidding me? And you get so <laughs> you get so like I remember the first couple of times uh, I got really excited, and then after a while I was like, "What? No, I I'm on this side of the street. You cannot tell me I cannot cross." Uh, although I I noticed that they were filming uh, Nurse Jackie with Edie Falco. I love Edie Falco too. Mm-hmm. Um, She's amazing, and I I was not at all angry that I couldn't get anywhere. I was just like, "Oh, that's eighty! Oh, wow!" Um, but most of the time, I I just I just went across the street. <laughs> I can live vicarious through through um, Kurt Fitzpatrick. I don't know if you met this guy yet, Mm-mm. but he posts a lot of stuff on his uh, social media accounts. Like, oh yeah. They're filming Ninja Turtles right here, and he's just standing there in the background, like circles his head, like that was me. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, he, yeah, Kurt is coming to Orlando. Um, he's doing a show called Best Picture. Is that right? We had him on the show. Best Picture uh, with a couple of other people, John Pattis- Patterson and Tara Travis. And uh, he's a very funny, very bizarre man. You get to meet all of the touring fringe people. Have you done many fringe festivals? I guess I didn't no, ask that No, that's question. another thing. This is my first fringe festival. So I'm I'm a complete newbie here. Uh, um, and very, very excited and a little nervous. But um, yeah, no, I haven't done any fringe. I, uh, I had called, I had talked to Peter and I asked him after, after Solo Kama, I was like, I think I want to try out a fringe. I'm not so sure. Uh, can you talk to him? Because he's done... All of them. Well, he's done Edinburgh. He's done the Fringe. Oh man, he's yeah, he's he's Fringe master. Um, and he recommended Orlando Fringe. Um, and I thought, sure, let's go, let's go there, where it's warm, not like up here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm literally sitting and shivering in my apartment right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if if it's if it's picking up uh, that you can that you can hear the shivering in my voice. <laughs> Like it got warm for maybe like a weekend here and it's so cold again. Oh no. Well, yeah, uh, we, we don't have any problems with that right now. Oh, wait. (laughs) Well, um, very cool. Okay. So I guess I should finish the questions. Um, we're just having a good time over here though. So, um, what's something in the, you know, in the, I usually say in the theater world, I guess if you're more in the, like, you know, comedy scene whatever it happens to be that you've seen that just amazed you that made you stop chewing your popcorn and go oh my god there are a pair of um performers up here uh nate starkey he's a regular performer with uh big black car at the pit and Dion flynn who is also he's also on big black car um i forgot he was on big black car but he's also a performer on um the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, they do this show called Chained, where they are a pair of escaped convicts hmm. who are chained together uh, on the run. And it's a completely improvised show. Um, they've done a couple of runs of it. I think it's been a while since they've they've actually done a run. But I remember seeing their show and just blown away. And maybe it's because I feel like I am this weird hybrid straddling theater and comedy and have started to wonder like, why are the two so separate? Um, But it was such a beautiful blending of, I can't stop laughing right now. And 
oh, that is the most touching thing on stage. I mean, it was the combination of their friendship and just the hilarity of uh, of the situation. Uh, it, it's it's a great show, Chained. If if you're ever in New York and they ever do it again, um, I'm not sure if they have plans to do it again, but I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Sounds great. Um, and then uh, the last one is, um, is there still something about your creative life that terrifies you? Like, is there is there a next thing that you're going to try and you're going like, okay, that's over there and it's, it's cold water and maybe I'm going to dip my toe into it, but oh, it looks really cold. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm going to try it, <laughs> uh, but singing terrifies me. Uh I've been told that I am a capable enough singer. Uh, I'm I'm definitely not uh, high grade musical theater quality by any means. Uh, but uh, you know, I've often thought, you know, if I took some, if I actually took classes, then you know, I could be somebody who could manage it, and it would be great, especially for you know sketches that require that but i don't and i've done musical improv and that doesn't scare me i guess because you're making it up but Mm -hmm. uh yeah literally terrified of singing something that was written with uh an accompaniment like just terrified absolutely terrified okay yeah um i could see where that would (laughs) you know keep your keep you firmly in your shell so, yeah, it's interesting that you talked about, like, you know, the difference between theater and comedy or the difference between improvised singing and, like, quote-unquote real singing. Just yeah. that that they are treated as so differently by, I would say, the audiences and the performers, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's... Yeah, and I don't understand it because I... When I go to see things that people are creating, there's always overlap you know there's always overlap um and i feel like you know as an an artist you always just pull from what they know what they're working on and you're not going to be able to fit that into one neat little category really um but yeah there people do treat them as if there's uh different separate categories and labels and it's like oh that's what that is and that's not always the case yeah I mean, from the perspective of somebody who's put up a couple of shows at Fringe, it's definitely easier to go up to somebody and say, hi, we're doing an improv show inspired by Craigslist than, have you heard of long-form improv? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is. is I'm giving you those pegs that you can hang your idea about this show on. And then when you get there, then we can teach you something new. But Yeah. Yeah. My my first show that I did, uh, we did an, a full-length improvised spy show that was inspired mm-hmm. by this book called The 39 Steps. And um, it we had a good time. We I, I actually really enjoyed working on it even more than performing it. Mm-hmm. But um, it was hard to explain to people. And then there's also a show on Broadway called The 39 Steps. And people are like, oh, I saw that show yeah. in New York. And I'm like, no, this is not that. <laughs> so maybe I made a mistake there. Uh, that's funny. So um yeah, just that no, this is not that thing. This is not like clown slapstick stuff. It's I don't know. Yeah. But then we do have lots of clowns coming to uh the festival this year, so 
and and real clown Italian style clowns. I don't know what, oh, I really? don't know what you'd call yeah. them. Clown clowns, not not like ringling clowns. Yeah, not like you think. Yeah. Although at the ringling school, they teach yeah. you how to be an artistic clown, not just a ringling clown. So yeah. figure that one out. Yeah. No, I have friends from. Uh, I I grew up in in Concord outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, and I spent some time in Charlotte before I made the big move uh, to New York. And I knew a guy who went and did some uh, clowning school over in, in Italy, and it was amazing. He did, he, he did a workshop, and I took the workshop, and it was a lot of fun, a lot of playing with uh, different spheres of your body and using those physicalities to create characters. So, Well, you will have to check out uh, Wendy Winaz. She's in the pink venue. Okay. Um, her show is called Uncouth, and basically, right, you're you're in the artist camp, so basically, you just have to find somebody and then say, "I need to get an artist comp," and then you get their artist comps, and then okay. you go. But um, for everyone else, please buy a ticket to Uncouth <laughs> and all of our other blogging fringe friends, including your show. I'm just kidneying. Tell us one more time. I'm just kidneying. Purple I'm venue. Just it's I'm Just Kidneying in the Purple Venue. Uh, tickets are seven, I do believe. And it is about 45 minutes long. Awesome. Uh, and one more time, where do we get the most information about your show? Um, my Facebook page. If you, uh, you can find me, Amanda Nicastro, or if you search for I'm Just Kidneying, the page for the show will pop up. Uh, I post a lot of pictures and information about uh, goings on with the show. And I think it's also linked on my website, amandanicastro.net. Awesome. And you get to see... Not .com, because .com was already taken. Uh, I don't know. If you see the purple kidney with glasses on, then you know you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Awesome. Well, um, thanks so much for doing this, Amanda. Thank you. And uh, we're definitely looking forward to meeting you when you get down here. Um, I have a couple of housekeeping things I want to do, but is there any final parting thought that you have for the people out there in podcast land? Uh, no. I mean, I am so excited. This is a new experience for me, and I, I really can't wait. Awesome. We'll be looking forward to inviting you into the Fringe family. Thank you. Um, do check out our website bloggingfringe.com. We're on the iTunes store and the Stitcher podcast radio directory. We're on Twitter and Facebook as Blogging Fringe. And we record the Orlando Fringe Crush videos that, unless I get it wrong, you might actually see some stuff like that on the official Orlando Fringe channels too, because they asked me to help out with that. And last but not least, we have the Fringe Crush voicemail hotline where you can call us and tell us about a Fringe Crush, about a quick review of a show, or tell us about some fabulous Fringe moment unfolding before your eyes right now. Put the number in your phone. I know you're using your phone because you're listening to a podcast. It's 407-906-9249. Just do it. Give us a call. During the festival, we will be putting up a fresh voicemail podcast as soon as we get one. Happy Fringe to you. I really want somebody to call the voicemail number. That's that's my only goal. If I can <laughs> get that done... I'll call it. Okay, good. <laughs> Put it in your phone now. Oh, that's what I should say on the thing. Okay, let me, let me do that one more time. 407-906-9249. <laughs> 407-906-9249.
Okay, I gotta get my phone.